Welcome to the Energy Central Power Perspectives podcast, the show that brings leading minds from the energy industry to discuss the challenges and trends that are transforming and modernizing our energy system. And a quick thank you to Bentley Systems, our sponsor of today's show. Now, let's talk energy. I'm Jason Price, Energy Central Podcast host and director with West Monroe, coming to you from New York City. And with me, as always, from Orlando, Florida, is Energy Central producer and community manager, Matt Chester. Matt, the context for today's discussion is based on FERC's recently published and timely report, the 2023 Summer Energy Market and Electric Reliability Assessment. From a capacity standpoint, we should be in good shape to meet summer demand, but we are right on that razor's edge of not having sufficient baseload generation supply in much of the country. However, reliability is not just about power supply, and the report digs into several other areas that can compromise grid reliability. As the FERC report identifies, we have new and continued reliability concerns, and these include supply chain disruptions, factors affecting solar development, EPA actions and regulation, increase in physical tax on the grid, and Diablo Canyon power plant license extension. Matt, you monitor the Energy Central community. So what are you seeing in terms of reliability? And I have to believe there are other items that belong in this list. What can you share? Yeah, Jason, you're absolutely right. From the perspective of the energy consumer, you know, power sector, it's only valued as it can be counted upon to be you know, ready to go when the light switch is flipped. And, and so that reliability is probably the number one priority above all others. And so in recent months, we've, of course, seen heavy attention from energy central community members on those rising threats to reliability. The spate of physical attacks to the grid late last year, the regular threats that extreme heat this summer are posing to whether the grid can stay up and humming, and the growing specter, shadow, whatever you want to call it, of electrification and how this rising expected demand is going to impact the status quo of reliability. These are all the stories that have garnered the most focus from our community. And, and no doubt, these are the conversations that our guest today is having every day with his peers, collaborators, and customers. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll note at the point of time of recording this episode, we've already broken through all the uh, heat records recorded to date for the summer. So, so this is definitely a report that's taken a lot of notice and a lot of a lot of discussion on the, in, at Energy Central. It definitely sounds like a hot topic that makes our guests timely as ever. We're fortunate to be able to dive into all these relevant utility happenings along with Brad Johnson, the Senior Product Portfolio Manager for Energy at Bentley Systems. I'm going to ask Brad to credentialize himself and we'll see from Brad's diverse and proven background and his current role at Bentley Systems that he has a 360 degree view of the challenges to the grid. And we have the right person on the show for this topic. So we're grateful to have him along. Welcome, Brad Johnson. Thank you for joining us on Power Perspectives Podcast. Yeah, Jason, I appreciate the invitation today. And Matt, good to be speaking with you as well. This is a pretty important topic. And from my past experience, whether it's working with some early FERC regulations around vegetation, engineering hard clearance in the transmission system, efficient design of distribution systems in both gas and electric, 
or simply working with those trying to work uh, execute work in the field efficiently and safely, it's all coming together. Decades of evolution of this industry, decades of change in how energy is produced and consumed at a rate not seen before, I think since the dawn of the electrification age. It's exciting, it's challenging, and I think the community, as Matt pointed out, is talking about it and all looking for the best ways to be ready and, and answer the call. Yeah, absolutely. So given that context, Brad, can you start by giving us a fuller introduction of your work? How exactly do you and your team engage with the utilities and what expertise do you personally bring to those efforts? We work with our user community in several different forums. My role or my remit at Bentley is to look after energy between the point where it's produced and the meter where it's delivered. So that's your transmission, distribution, substations, and, and all manner of other equipment and infrastructure in between. We interface with these users through user advisory boards, through community organizations, through forums like Energy Central and other places, and participating in events. And my role in our project advancement group is specifically to make sure that we align our priorities and what we bring to bear for our users, aligns with the needs that they have today, that they're articulating regularly today, but also look out over the horizon so that you know we're working ahead of their needs. And conversations like this are crucial to our mission within our group, within my team. And from my perspective, you know, we're looking at the nexus of not only what people traditionally think of in terms of technologies used to design, build, and manage the grid and all of its components, but it's how does it interact with the rest of the physical and logical world of transportation and infrastructure. So we bring this all together, but at least uniquely positioned in that we touch a very, very wide and broad swath of infrastructure types. And I have colleagues that handle those different, look after those different infrastructure types. And we work together regularly behind the scenes to make sure that we're all coming together to solve these really big global challenges. Yeah, and it certainly is a timely discussion. I mean, basically on the on the lead up to my uh, intro, I mentioned that we are already, you know, the summer heat has already surpassed all records. And the FERC report speaks uh, a lot to this. So what would you advise yeah. the utility decision makers listening to plan for this coming summer? We're definitely in it, like you said. And so far, many of the regions that broke out their forecasting and have been performing pretty well, because while we have had some some high highs, I know here in June in the Midwest, we were very warm for a while due to an Omega block in, in the uh, jet stream. It's cooled off a bit. And demand response programs have done a good job of helping shave those peak demands and allowing our existing generation to keep up. Uh, as well as the infrastructure between generation and metering. But in terms of decision makers, I think it's important to recognize the constraints that have been put in place, both regulatory and capital planning around the baseload generation and the rapidly changing regulatory environment and how energy is consumed, where it's consumed, and how much of it's consumed going forward in the form of electricity. So looking beyond that next two, three, and five-year capital plan and understanding that, you know, the changes to the demands on the design and operation of the grid to enable even the most basic quality of life that we enjoy, it's happening at a faster pace than ever. It's gonna require potentially more capital than ever. And you know, we'll, I think we may talk about this later, the customer or user or citizen sediment and patience for learning along the way is very low. So the idea of getting it right the first time is absolutely crucial in order to maintain trust in these leaders organization as we go through this transition. Well, that's really helpful. 
But let's put this in the context of GridMod and particularly the work you do at Bentley. You know, we have a rapidly changing regulatory landscape under which utilities operate. There's an expectation by the public that utilities have to do more than ever, faster than ever, including in some new areas. So how can utilities be expected to keep pace? It's really a combination of a few things. Number one, making sure that they continue to populate their teams with, uh, with the right team members, with the right skills, not maybe necessarily the exact knowledge, but the aptitude to gain the knowledge. Because having the technology tools and other components in place to address this need, it's only useful if you have the people there. So I think really looking at the people is, is absolutely critical. But I also think looking at solving problems in new and agile ways is going to be critical. And what that means is addressing new methods of technology delivery that are flexible, that are scalable, that are elastic in nature, going away from the idea that you buy a stack of pizza box servers and stick them in a data center and trust that you can capitalize them over six years before they need upgraded or replacement, or an ERP system that's in place for 30 years without any major changes. It's not really going to support things. So it's really going to take an agile look at operating the business of a utility in order to keep pace, the labor side, the colleague side, technology side, et cetera. I would also say that it's important that leaders at utilities and energy companies in general take a stronger partnership with the regulator in terms of problem solving, understanding what barriers are there to adopting new technologies and working collaboratively to make sure that it can be done safely, securely, but also efficiently and rapidly. Those are a few things that come to mind. Mm -hmm. I'd love your perspective on the following, and that is that the utilities are weighing into areas that weren't really part of their original job description. And that primarily is around transportation being the most relevant example today. What is that doing to transform the perspective of utilities and their leaders from your perspective? Yeah, it's meaning that utilities look beyond the operation of a electric transmission and distribution as a way to, as I think was said earlier, take for granted that when you switch the light switch on, the lights come on. We're looking at power delivery having to happen at places at scales that hadn't really been considered outside heavy manufacturing planning. I think of the aluminum plants, smelting facilities, other large industrial facilities with huge electric loads. Those are pretty easy to plan for because they have a long build cycle, lots of permitting, and there's usually a lot of heads up. But now when we look at, for example, transportation, it doesn't take that long to site building in a truck stop or a service station. And with all the service stations and truck stops that are out there likely looking to continue to draw customers there, we'll likely see even more proliferation of, of bulk charging, high power charging stations for electric vehicles. But emerging, we also see the need for point of uh, consumption, point of fueling hydrogen generation. And I think this alignment between transportation and energy consumption is really one of those things that maybe hadn't been considered as strongly in not just the long-term planning of a utility, but it's changing rapidly. If you had said two years ago that you know, your Flying J's and your Love's truck stops might have point of uh, fueling hydrogen plants at them. Somebody probably would have looked at you a little funny, but that's what you, these leaders need to start considering is where are these large loads going to start exist in the system? How does that impact not just distribution, but upstream and the transmission and then making sure that the baseload generation will support it. There's just a lot of these cross industry or cross infrastructure type things that are out there. So, you know, looking out beyond the typical place to get knowledge on these topics. It's going to be really critical. Yeah, understood. You know, we all speak to the utilities and one of the 
Boy, one of the major challenges that always comes up is just, you know, building and maintaining a workforce that's strong enough to overcome many of the challenges that you're outlining here. Mm -hmm. Do us a favor, put on your Bentley hat, your Bentley systems hat on for a second. And what are you seeing in this area and what advice would you share with utilities on how best to prepare now for that future? Yeah, it's, this is something I've been talking, having uh, frequent conversations with large utilities globally, actually, is how do we attract, but then also retain that new generation of energy professionals into our industry? And we produce technology, but that technology still requires smart, intelligent people on the other end to leverage it to solve these problems. So what are we seeing? Well, we see a couple of things. One, we see that the supply of educated and ready to learn more people in our industry continues to lag demand. So partnerships with universities, partnerships with two-year colleges, with vocational training schools, with apprenticeships, all levels really need to continue to be invested in. And we do that at Bentley with enablements across our infrastructure types through our partnerships with universities and access to, to software and training for students. Once you've got those employees, I mean, the whole idea of attracting employees is its own HR discussion, probably suitable for a, a podcast episode of its own. But the other thing that we've been talking about is employee retention. You know, most of these new members of our workforce, their perception of how a business should operate, what technology is available is driven by their business to consumer relationships. So think of, I could push a button and I can have just about anything delivered to my house within a day or two that I could push a button and I can see on a map where my dinner is on its way to my house. Technology does a lot. Well, that expectation as to what they get at home in their personal life is transitioning into the work environment. And so we see this in how we adapt our user interfaces and user experience in our software. Utilities need to also understand that in order to retain these new employees, the technology can't look like it's from 1980. It can't look like it's from 1990. In the early 2000s, it's starting to get a bit stale. And so attracting and then retaining these employees, we have to meet them with where their technology expectations are, what they expect the tools, but then also from a process perspective, that's how we do things here. You can use that as a, I don't want to call it an excuse, but as a, as a modus operandi, but it's not gonna do well to retain this new generation that maybe has very useful ideas and new ways of doing things efficiently, better leveraging technology. So that open mind to changing things up is gonna be critical or you'll just find you don't have anybody left on the team to get the work done. Yeah, and Brad, you know, you have, since, you know, in your role at Bentley as senior product portfolio manager, you have a, a macro view of what's going on. So share with the audience, in terms of like all the new digital technology, whether it's, you know, just coming in onto the market and already available in the, in the industry, how is this changing the approach? And do you see energy providers taking the right approach and utilizing uh, these technologies as they should today? As has kind of always been the case, it's a spectrum. You have the leaders and then you have the followers. And that's not necessarily negative to say that someone is either leading or following. It's typically how it breaks down. You have those who jump ahead, who are quick to adopt new technologies, who will fail forward fast, but they do it in a smart and in a safe way. You know, failure in an electrical system can be very bad or it can be very productive, depending on the scope and how well controlled it is. And following fast has advantages too. You're not paying the cost of learning things ahead of other people. I think that's a part of it. Yeah, I think one interesting aspect of what the utilities, and this, this spans 
electric cooperatives, municipal uh, utilities, other government agencies, and then investment utilities is the adoption of elastic infrastructure. Now, typically people think cloud. And the cloud is not uh, the place to store your pictures automatically on your phone. The cloud, when we talk about it in infrastructure, is a protected elastic environment where the technology scales with demand. And this is something that utilities have a maturity model that they're following along. Some are very early in cloud adoption, do it in a very methodical way that limits risk, but also allows them to meet the needs and demands of technology today. Others are very much still a brick and mortar, everything's in a data center, uh, walled off guard. Now, much like anything, there's risks associated with both. You know, there's not too distant past stories of ransomware getting into these walled off environments, causing, you know, crippling outages of infrastructure. And we almost hear about those more often than we hear about cloud-based infrastructure. And I think we're in this top part of a curve of adoption for cloud infrastructure or elastic infrastructure, where people are starting to realize that it's not high risk versus low risk. It's a mix of risk and it takes a methodical and well thought or well contemplated adoption of those technologies. That I think is probably going to be, that's one that's separating kind of those who are getting ahead of these challenges and applying uh, cost-effective approaches to to solving problems versus those who are who are still trying to figure it out. Maybe perhaps that's one one example of uh, where people are. Yeah, I want to ask you about Bentley Systems. It's it's a fascinating company. It's not just in the energy space, but it's in all sorts of infrastructure. So if your company kind of represents or has a good feel for the landscape in terms of uh, where we are as a country and where we are as a, in the globe in terms of infrastructure build out and development, how far some countries are versus others in terms of the maturity of it. Can you tell us about that? Can you speak to how uh, you collaborate? Do you have integrations of the energy practice with areas that you also are conversant in like housing, telecommunications or other infrastructure? Do you have a hand in that? And can you can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I have colleagues that have similar roles covering other forms of infrastructure, whether it's airports, cities, water, other parts of the energy infrastructure space, rail, et cetera. And we meet on a regular basis and share not only ideas of how we do our work, the execution of our work, but trends that we notice within our domains. So we see a lot of sharing across our organization. And that, I think, is one benefit to those colleagues, all of us being under one uh, roof. It's very easy for us to collaborate when we're all Bentley colleagues. I think that's actually been pretty exciting and, and uh, has been wonderful. As far as maybe more directly at energy, we see these issues you, you outlined emerging in the conversations we have with infrastructure owners. I was in a meeting with a very large municipal electric and water utility recently, and there are changes happening in zoning within their territory. They serve hundreds of thousands of customers. And with a migration from single family focus to multifamily focus, they're seeing multiple issues all coming together at the same time. They see that now at an address, they predicted a certain amount of load off of a 200 amp service. Now at that same address, they're gonna see up to four, five, six, 200 amp service points on that uh, primary serving that area. In addition to that, they see where the demand increasing at each of those those service points. So previously it was, you know, lights and TVs and air conditionings. Now we have plug-in electric vehicles. We have the prohibition of natural gas in certain areas. So now we see cooking and heating and water heating moving to electric from natural gas. And so it's a, it's a compounding component. 
Well, in our digital twin model, we call it iTwin, we are looking at new ways to layer in those what probably weren't necessarily considered perspectives as real time into the electrical planning design and as operated models and putting it all together in a single view so that somebody who's trying to figure out oh, how do we address this can see all this information coming together. See the same thing with telecommunications, you know, the demand on overhead infrastructure continues to increase as more and more broadband services are either implemented or upgraded uh, over time. So the need for a pole to hold it as much low as it does becomes more and more important. Meteorological data, obviously we talk about transmission. You know, we've, we've Bentley has acquired a couple companies recently in recent years, Spida Software, PLS, for example, as a Powerline Systems as examples, show that we're trying to bring the structural component in with the logical component uh, in with uh, reality capture and what's actually out in the field. So all of this is really coming together, influenced by many different aspects. And frankly, it's probably one of the most exciting times to be in this industry because there's just so much impacting it more than there was, say, even 10 years ago. Yeah, I'll just add some color to the conversation that I've been reading some reports about the massive migration to states like Arizona. You know, you pack up and you move and get a new job in Arizona, but you don't necessarily think about the infrastructure to support that when you and 100,000 other families are doing the same thing and what that means to a, a local town or municipality for their water, their sewer system, their road system, their telecommunication system, the power, the grid, so on and so on and so on. So it's, um, and your, your Bentley Systems is, seems to be right in the middle of it all. So it's fascinating because it's a good time to be a Bentley portfolio manager. <laughs> It's certainly interesting on a daily basis. And I have a, a passion for energy and a passion for the role that we play in maintaining quality of life for the customers of the users that we serve. And, and uh, I think we're solving big, big challenges right now. I think they're important challenges. And as I think with anybody listening or with you, Matt, or, or Jason, we're dealing with big topics, big issues. And it's, yeah, it is actually pretty fun. I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Well, this is great. I mean, you shared some uh, interesting nuggets about uh, the industry, so we, we really appreciate your insight. And so, Brett, we want to pivot now to an opportunity we call the, the lightning round, which is where we get to learn more about you, the person, rather than you, the professional. We throw a bunch of questions at you, and we ask for one word or phrase. Are you ready? I think so. This might be the hardest questions we, we discuss. Fantastic. All right. What would you pick as your superpower? Well, flying, without a doubt. Ideal vacation spot. West Slope of the Rockies. If you could invite anyone from history to have dinner with you, who would it be? This is probably one of the hardest because there's a lot of people I'd love to talk history with. But I think Abraham Lincoln would be one of the most interesting right now. Who has been your biggest role model? You know, we just got past Father's Day and I was reflecting on that. I think my father would be my biggest role model. What are you most passionate about? Outdoors. I know that sounds a little funny and a bit broad, but I would say right now, one of the things I'm most passionate about is the outdoors and access to the outdoors for everybody. Yeah, I think everyone would agree to that for sure. Well, that's great. And nice job navigating through the lightning round. As a thanks for that, we want to give you the final word. So what's the final and lasting message you hope our listeners take away from today's conversation? I think if I was to offer anything to think about after today, it's that we're facing 
a rapidly changing production and consumption landscape and energy that is impacted in ways from outside forms of infrastructure like never before. And I think it's important for all of us, a sense of duty to figure out how we answer this call to maintain or improve the quality of life at an affordable level for, for everybody, global. And we're going to need to have open communication across every component, player, participant in the energy sector in order for us to get this right. That means with each other as infrastructure owners and operators, with our users and customers, but also very open and honest communication between us technology providers and solution enablers and the infrastructure owners themselves. If we actually all have really open, honest, and collaborative dialogue, I think we can get this right. I think we're going to see some really exciting things happen in the next five to 10 years. And I, I believe that we have a lot of the right people in place to make it happen. So my last word is go into this with an open mind, an optimistic mindset. We'll roll up our sleeves and we'll get this figured out working together. Thank you, Brad. Thanks for spending time with us and sharing your insights with our listeners. I know once we put this live on energycenter.com, we'll have questions from community members. So hopefully you can hop back into the community to respond to those as soon as they come in. But until then, I just want to thank you one last time for your visit to Energy Central's Power Perspectives podcast. Thanks for having me, Jason. Really appreciate the opportunity. Fantastic. And a big thanks to today's sponsor, Bentley Systems. Bentley Systems is the infrastructure engineering software company providing innovative software to advance the world's infrastructure, sustaining both the global economy and environment. Their industry-leading software solutions are used by professionals and organizations of every size for the design, construction, and operations of roads and bridges, rails and transit, water and wastewater, public works and utilities, buildings and campuses, mining and industrial facilities. Their offerings, powered by the iTwin platform for infrastructure digital twins, include iTwin products, MicroStation, and Bentley Open Applications for modeling and simulation, Sequence software for geoprofessionals, and Bentley Infrastructure Cloud, encompassing ProjectWise for project delivery, Synchro for construction management, and AssetWise for asset operations. Once again, I'm your host, Jason Price. Plug in and stay fully charged in the discussion by hopping into the community at energycentral.com, and we'll see you next time at the Energy Central Power Perspectives podcast. Mm -hmm.